Welcome to the Run for PRs podcast. This is your host, Victoria Phillippe. The Run for PRs podcast was created to give away the secrets to transform your training to reach your goals. We ask all the expert run coaches and athletes the questions that you've been dying to know the answers to. We will get the inside scoop on what really makes you the best athlete that you can be. Have you ever seen a fast runner and wonder, wow, how did they get so fast? Well, then this podcast is for you. We are going to do a deep dive to reveal the secrets to reaching your potential as a runner. Why easy running works. The concept of easy running is very difficult for many runners to grasp. Running two to three minutes per mile slower than your 5K race pace can feel extremely slow and oftentimes awkward for runners. It is hard to trust that slowing down is actually the best way to get faster when it doesn't always feel like it'll work. There is always an equation at play. Stress plus rest equals growth. Easy running targets the aerobic system, which is, what the, which is the system we want to stress because we want to improve and build our aerobic endurance. Did you know that 99% of the marathon race is an aerobic sport and an aerobic race that you need to have a strong aerobic system for? We want to make sure that we're stressing the right systems when we're doing our easy runs so that we can reach our potential in the sport. I have with me today Jason Phillippe, who is the head cross-country and distance track coach at the University of Wisconsin-River Falls, and he is also a run coach here at Run for PRs, helping athletes in the marathon and half-marathon distance, um, and you know even the 5K, 10K as well. Uh, he has helped a lot of runners reach their potential, and I think the biggest key factor at play is this easy running, um, and it's oftentimes overlooked by people. A lot of people think they're running easy, but really they're just in this gray zone. So I guess, Jason, when was the first time you experienced easy running and understood the concept, and how long did it take you to really master this? Yeah, I mean, it's thinking back to when I was in college, it was really hard to know, you know, the pace that we were going because none of us had a GPS watch. So we just had our, you know, your Timex watches and you just kind of went out and you, you, you did what was called conversation pace when you're with a group. So you didn't really worry too much about, you know, where your heart rate was. You just kind of, you, we were probably averaging about 720 to 730 pace and we thought we were going seven minute pace. Um, and then years later, when I started getting more into, you know, like half marathon training, and then when Garmin's came out, that's really when I started to pay closer attention to not just paces for easy runs, but paces for, you know, my tempo runs, which really allowed me then to reflect on what pace should I be running for my easy run and just making sure that I was slowing down. Um, so I would say it was probably just about 10 years ago where I started really paying more attention to you know, my easy pace. And for me, my easy pace has always kind of been, depending on where my fitness is, I'd say about 720 to 820 pace. That's kind of like my my um, sweet spot for easy running. Um, my first mile of every run, if I'm alone, is always probably going to be eight minutes, sometimes slower if I'm on a treadmill, it seems like. But um, otherwise, if I'm with a group, you know, similar abilities, and maybe I'll run a little quicker. But if I'm alone, there's no rush to try to run, you know, 730 or 720, especially early on, I'll just start closer to eight minutes, kind of work my way down. Um, most easy runs are just a just a very slight uh, gradual progression. Um, and I 
will not get much faster than 720 or 715 on an easy day. Um, you know, especially if I have a workout kind of coming up here soon, I want to save it for that. Wow. Yeah. Okay. So most people listening right now, I'm sure when they hear that you go 720 to 820 pace on your easy days are like, whoa, that's not slow, you know, because we say to go easy. And for a lot of people, you know, the term easy and slowing down and going too fast, all those things, it's so relative to the person. And so I guess, you know, looking at what you just stated was your easy pace, the 730 to 830 pace range, maybe it's important to understand like kind of what sort of paces do you run for the one mile, 5k, 10k, half marathon, just to kind of give some perspective as to how much slower in comparison to your easy runs, you're actually racing. Yeah, sure. So, you know, right now at my age, I like to think I can go out always and run a sub five minute mile. But when I'm talking about like, um, half marathon pace, you know, that's usually around like 540. So, I'm running two minutes slower per mile than half marathon pace. And then my marathon pace is usually around like 620. So it's at least a minute slower than that as well. Right. Yeah. So I guess it's, that's really cool to hear that you're actually slowing down two minutes per mile slower than your half marathon PR pace. And so what I find really interesting, you know, your mile PR from back when you were in college was 414. And so if we like plugged that in, which is where we're coming up with all these paces, if you go to Jack Daniels Run Smart Calculator, or if you Google search V dot V D O T calculator, you can actually plug in race results that you've done recently and that'll spit out every single pace that you need to run for easy runs, workouts, all that stuff. Um, you know, if you, if you want to live in the past and kind of be nostalgic and you have a PR from, you know, 10 years ago, kind of like Jason has, you can plug in, uh, your fastest time ever, you know, like those aren't the paces you should be running at right now, but it is interesting to kind of see what it spits out. So if you plug in 414, I mean, it'll, it'll tell you Jason's capable of like very, very fast times faster than he's ever ran. Um, so I think it's just really important when you are using these calculators to make sure, first of all, you're using recent race results that's going to be really key super important um jason can't plug in his 414 mile because he probably can't do that anymore even though you know he wishes he could you know he said he's more in the the 440 range so that's a big difference you know it's it still sounds fast but it's a big difference so just being honest with where you are currently so either get a race on the calendar or use a race that you've done within the last three months or you know six months you can stretch it i guess and then the other factor to keep in mind is if you you know, are plugging in a mile time versus like a 5k, 10k time. The 5k, 10k time might be more realistic of kind of where you're really at. Um, Sometimes people can whip out a super fast mile because one mile times are actually anaerobic and aerobic. And so I like to use a race that's more like 5k, 8k because that's going to be a lot more aerobic and it's going to be a little bit more indicative of where aerobics fitness is at. I, I don't really care. You know, if you can run a six minute mile, but you can't run a 25 minute 5k. There's a big variance there. And so we want to, we want to take that 5k time. We want to take something that's a little bit more endurance based and more aerobic, um, for these, for these paces. Um, so I know Jason, you use this calculator all the time. That's how you got to the, the 738.30 pace range. And I guess the biggest question that's probably popping up in a ton of people's minds right now, because you just said that you ran a half marathon at like 540 pace, which is insane, right? Like that's my one mile PR basically. Um, how, like, because you are so fast, 
do the same rules apply to someone that's maybe like not as fast or someone that's newer to the sport? Because I know a lot of times I hear from people, they say, do I have to slow down if I'm already slow? Uh, yeah, the same rules should apply. But, you know, you have to think about if you're a beginner um, and you, let's say you're running, I don't know, 10 minute pace for your, you know, your 5k or whatever, or even, yeah, 10 minute pace, then it means your easy runs are probably going to be closer to 12 minute pace. Um, I would bet that you're going to, your fitness is going to improve at a faster rate though. So you're not going to be at that pace for, for as long, you know, as I'm going to be at my easy pace, because it's going to take me quite a bit of time to see fitness gains, um, with where I'm at. So I think for you, it's just a matter of sort of being patient and, and understanding like, you know what, I am probably going to improve at a pretty quick rate. So I just need to trust the process, slow down. Um, and then pretty soon I'll be, you know, I'll be at 1130 pace for my easy run. And then at 11 pace. And before you know it, you're going to be a few years down the road, you'll probably be hitting your, your old 5k PR for your easy pace. Yeah. It's really interesting to hear, you know, the same principles do apply. And I think, you know, as a coach, as someone who, who talks with a lot of runners all the time, I hear like common questions. Like there's three or four like common objections. And I guess like, I'm just going to rapid fire you with the questions and you can kind of give me your response. Um, for these. So I guess, you know, you talked about conversation pace. That was the first thing you kind of brought up, like back in college, we just go conversation pace. Right. So I'm thinking back to me and you did a uh, workout together just recently. I think we did like five by one mile on the road and I wanted to go around like half marathon pace thresholdy effort. Um, but during that, like I was still able to talk. I mean, so we were kind of having a conversation for a little bit. It's not like I was completely out of breath. So I guess the biggest question here is, if I just go, like, you're saying to look at this calculator, but I can talk going 6.45, 7 minute pace. I can talk when I go 7.15 pace. For me personally, do I need to, what do I look at? Like, how do I know if it's really easy? Because if you can carry on a conversation going fast, right? Yeah. At what point, I mean. That's a good point. Yeah, because even thinking back to when we were in college doing tempo runs, you could still talk as long as it's not like you're, you know, you're racing. I would then focus it more on just kind of like the perceived level of effort. So does it feel easy? Like in my mind, easy is like a five on a scale of, one, of you know, one to 10, 10 being hard. Um, a tempo run should always feel like a seven, maybe an eight if it's, if it's kind of a longer threshold effort. So um, yeah, like Victoria said, it may, you may be able to converse even though you're at that pace. And so it's a seven or an eight on a, you know, scale of one to 10 of how hard you're working. But I would say, you want to think about the perceived level of effort that you're exerting and it should feel like a five. Like it should feel pretty easy. Like you could, you know, you could speed up quite a bit if you had to. Right. Yeah. That's a really good point. You know, thinking about the perceived effort and all that stuff, but for people who've never really slowed down before, I guess like their scale might be a little skewed because they, yeah. they've never really gone super slow. So they don't really know like how, how you can get down to like a one or two on a run scale. Their one or two, one or two might feel like what their gray zone easy pace should be right so i guess for me like even thinking when we did that workout together that felt easy right like marathon pace to me often feels easy and so i can totally relate to people listening who are like you know i can run a lot faster than this pace calculator says online um because you know i've had a really like struggle to slow down right so Mm -hmm. what if people listening are like well it feels easy do you still go off the paces? Um, like, do you put yourself on a speed limit? I mean, for people like me, I mean, you've seen me do it before where I hammer easy runs and it's just like, is that helping me? Um, or is it important to put yourself on a speed limit and say, you know what, you don't need to be running any faster than, you know, 
60 seconds per mile slower than your half marathon pace. And like, what is that speed limit typically? Yeah, I think there's some room for adjustment. It's really going to depend on like how experienced you are as a runner. But, you know, if we adjust it and then we set like a, like a hard zone, like this is the fastest we want you to go. And that's usually why I'll prescribe a full minute window for an easy pace run. And it's usually the lower end of that window is probably going to be 15 seconds faster than what the VDOT calculator says, just in case, you know, you are feeling good or it's feeling super easy for you. Um, and then the other thing is you have to think about the weather, how much of a factor that's going to play, especially now as we're getting into probably some nicer parts of the the country or as the country's experiencing nicer temperatures, you're going to start to want to probably push the pace a bit because it's going to feel good and it's really not as cold. And maybe, um, so I think that that, that plays a factor in it as well. I think it's just kind of going off a of feel, listening to your body. Also thinking about what do you have the next day or next two days? Like, do you have a long run coming up? Do you have a workout? Do you have a race? Um, is it the day after a workout? Because, you know, to me, there's difference between, you know, like a, a recovery run, which is really the day after a workout. And that's when your run should be that slower towards the slower end of the range of your easy run pace. Um, but, you know, if you're two, three days removed from a workout, um, then you can probably go closer to that faster end. But I think this is just, you know, it's good dialogue. I just think it's something that you'll start to figure out over time, you know, like through doing um, workouts, a few different races, like trying to figure out like what pace range is kind of appropriate for me. Right. Yeah. And I guess, you know, thinking of you, for example, you mentioned earlier, you run a half marathon at about 540 pace. Um, let's say you can run a 5K right now at, at 515 pace, hypothetical. Uh, it, given that information, just given those paces, would it be detrimental to your fitness and to you as a runner to run all of your easy runs at 630 pace, you know, only about a minute per mile slower than your half marathon pace? Or are, are there benefits? Like, let's say you felt good. Um, is, is it better to still go slow? Yeah, you def- I definitely want to slow down because, you know, I'm going to have structured workouts where I'm going to be hitting like 620 pace. That's the marathon, um, my threshold, 540. So it's like, why am I going to go 630, 640 on an easy day? Um, it's smarter to just slow down and to make sure that I'm ready to hit those faster paces on my workout days. Now, I may get down every now and then if it's amazing and I'm running with a group of friends. Yeah, I might get down to like a sub seven on the last mile and that's fine. Like, you might have a slight progression, but as far as like looking at the average pace of your runs go, you still want to keep it closer to your easy pace range. Right. And it sounds like the reason for that being is, you know, you're going to be doing quality workouts and in order to hit those quality workouts and to feel good during them and to really give a hundred percent, um, on your workouts, you gotta have legs that aren't, you know, fatigued from running 630 pace all the time. And I don't really think like 630 pace would be easy for you or no, I don't think it would be hard for you, um, to do, but I think that it over time, um, could lead to negative impacts on your training just because you wouldn't be able to, Um, feel as fresh for those workout days and you know maybe you just feel a little bit more run down so it's really important to keep those easy days easy that way we can focus on building other things um like your mileage like your long runs like your workouts there's a reason why we slow down and it's not because like we're just you know want to tell you what to do and all that stuff like scientifically it's less stress on your body and if you're introducing other stress variables it's really important to make sure um, that stress is lower. So I guess then comes another question that I'm often asked about. You know, we're saying the reason you have to run slow is because there's all this other stress going on during the week um, with your workouts and your long runs. What if you're tapering or what if you're not in a specific training cycle? Then is it okay to 
go faster on your easy days and like hit more of like the half marathon, marathon pace range? Um, if you're in a taper phase, you still want to follow your training plan because you're still going to have a few workouts leading up to your race. Um, so I would say it's actually probably almost more important that we're slowing down and hitting our, our pace zones during the taper phase because we really want to allow our body a chance to um, you know, gain as much strength as possible. And just a little physiology, the reason they want to, you know, the reason they recommend running slow, and, and I know Jack Daniels has a few videos on YouTube about um, how just our, our mitochondria becomes more dense in our, in our muscle storages. Um, and that allows for increased capillary networks to deliver oxygen to those muscles. So the slower we're running, we're basically just allowing more time for that to develop, which is going to increase our overall, you know, our aerobic capacity and our aerobic engine and um, getting blood to all our working muscles. So I think that, um, you know, if you're not in a training, sort of a training program at all, um, you know, it's still good to throw in maybe a workout every now and then. But if you're just kind of going off of what feels right, I, I guess if you're not doing any races, there's probably no harm, but we still want to kind of be smart and we want to have some differentiation in your training so that you're getting some stimulus, um, you know, to to teach the body to adapt to. Um, but a lot of people, you know, they just run for the enjoyment. They don't need to do races. And I've gone through those phases, so I may run more off a field, but I'm not going to do anything too foolish where, you know, I'm running an easy day at 630 and then the next day I'm going to go and do like intervals on the track or anything like that. Like I'm going to allow myself the break, um, you know, leading up to that and after that to make sure I'm recovered. Right. Yeah. I think that really, that brings up a good point. You know, even if you're not training for something or you're tapering and recovering, it's still important to just treat it still as more stress. Like the faster you're running on your easy days, it's more stressful on the body. Not even from like an aerobic standpoint. Cause I mean, aerobically, technically marathon pace is aerobic, but it's not technically like easy. Um, and so it's just more damage on like your muscular skeletal system, kind of like what you were saying. Um, another question that we get a lot, you know, you, you've already answered. And I feel like the common theme here is like, no, you're not allowed to ever go too fast on your easy days. Um, but one thing I always get the objection to, a lot of people have the technology now where they're able to look at their heart rate. So this kind of goes back to the conversation pace where we're saying, oh, like, well, I'm still able to keep on a conversation. Um, if someone's looking at their heart rate data, you know, I've, I've done quite a few tempo workouts. I've even done races where my heart rate during a race is... 140s, 150. Um, and so what does that mean in terms of, well, does that mean that like my race pace is easy? Does that mean that I can go faster on my easy days? Um, and I've even heard strangely, and this has also happened to me before, is that their heart rates actually higher when they go slower, which that's a whole different conversation. But I think this whole heart rate concept is really important. Um, so how does one kind of determine that? Yeah, I think we got to be careful when we start paying too much attention to the metrics of the heart rate. And, you know, I wonder my Garmin sometimes too, like Victoria said, I've done a race where I know my heart rate's getting up in the 180s at least. And it tells me I'm like 150 or 160. And it's just like, well, you wonder how accurate it is, especially be, being on the wrist. Um, I know that the ones around your chest may be a little <laughs> more accurate. Um, and maybe you're someone who really relies on that data. And if it works for you and it's always consistent, great. But I think for most of us, we can't always rely on that data to be accurate because it just, it sometimes is off for whatever reason. And so I think I always try to associate the kind of the heart rate values with the effort of exertion. So like, you know, 50 to 60% of your, your max effort, and that should be like your easy run that sort of thing. 70 to 80 should be your tempos. And then, you know, obviously 95 to hundred is when you're racing. 
Um, anything faster on the track, speed intervals, that's probably like 85 to 90. So I just kind of like to use that and just, you know, the, the better you can get about um, checking in with yourself and mentally kind of analyzing like, you know, how much energy am I expending right now? And you know, what I have left in the tank, I think that sets you up better for um, just running smart races, executing smart race plans, and, and also finishing workouts and not slowing down, right? Like not, you know, only able to hit your second and your third, and then you're slowing down by your fourth and your fifth uh, rep. So I think that that's really a key way I've started. I've tried to, you know, move away from paying attention to heart rate all the time, or even sometimes pace. Like I, I sometimes don't, I purposely don't look at the pace on a certain interval rep. Let's say I'm doing like mile repeats because I just want to get in a rhythm and I want to go with what I think feels the same effort as the previous one. And so I think the more in tune we can get with our body, the better. Yeah, that's a really good point about technology and not becoming too reliant on it. You know, I, I've heard pretty much everything in the book about, you know, Garmin slurring up, heart rate being inaccurate. You know, I've, I've heard people who say on their easy day when they're going like four minutes per mile slower than marathon pace or or they stopped to even walk, like the heart rate was still reading that they were 200 and, and they thought, you know, something was wrong with them, but it was just a faulty in the technology. And so you really got to like make sure you're not getting that cut up in the technology where it's like completely impairing um, your ability to even do your runs. And I think it can be really paralyzing when you're, you're staring at metrics and your body's telling you a totally different story. So you don't want to get too caught up in it. Um, I think the biggest takeaways here are you always have to be running easy on your easy days. Um, keeping yourself honest with that pace range, kind of like we talked about, but again, allowing yourself room within there to figure out what your easy pace is. And that could vary from day to day. And that's why there is that whole minute window or even two minute window of paces you could be running. But I do also think it's very important to have that speed limit and make sure we're not getting into, you know, more threshold or anaerobic um, area or region or going too far into that gray zone and making sure that we're not going too fast. And that's going to be a little bit different for everyone, but I think, you know, the VDOT calculator can definitely help us figure out what is that upper limit and make sure that we're not really like going to exceed that. And I think it can take some practice to get used to, okay, I got to go at least this slow. Like this is the minimum slowness I have to go. But then within there, just discovering kind of your stride and how it feels and what that sort of pace feels like. And then once you can master what that easy pace feels like and being able to dial into that, I think like you were saying, it can translate into the workouts that you're doing. So like threshold, being able to jump in and out of threshold pace and know exactly what it should feel like. That comes after you've mastered um, easy running, I believe, and and not have to be reliant so much on your watch and, and need feedback. I think the biggest foundation that you can set for yourself as a distance runner is to be able to set that foundation of easy running, be able to dial exactly into a certain pace. Um, because when you're running easy, it's easy to focus, right? Like you can say, okay, this is the right pace and you're able to think and there's not a lot of stuff going on. It's not a huge physical exertion. Yeah. When you're in a workout, it's like, you have to be so focused that worrying about pacing can be very difficult. So I think it's just the first pace you really get to need to nail down as a distance runner is that easy pace. And once you graduate from that and you've nailed it, then we move on to figuring out what marathon pace is, figuring out what threshold is. And then as you become you know, more experienced as a runner, you can actually become faster because pacing is literally the most important part of distance running. And when you have that experience um, dialing into different paces, you're actually going to be able to improve your fitness at a faster rate because you're stressing the correct systems at the correct times instead of um, kind of, you know, feet half in the pool sort of situation. Um, so I guess that kind of answers a lot of the questions and lays the groundwork for figuring out your easy pace and making sure you stay within that range. 
Um, and I guess going, you know, to more examples that are concrete out here, because some people listening, they're like, yeah, that sounds great, but um, what about this person? What about that? Like, I see people run too fast all the time, and they're fast, right? Like, there's a lot of people out there who run too fast, and they're easy days all the time. And it's hard to buy into this whole phenomenon of what if I slow down? Like, how is that going to make me faster, right? So you have to really believe in it. So I guess looking at elite runners is something I like to do um, just to kind of see what are they doing because they're the best in the sport, right? Like we have Elia Kachoge and, you know, the Olympic trials, we're recording this in advance, but they're coming up soon and, you know, in in three days, but by the time this airs, it'll be over. And so you're looking at the top um, men and women in the United States of America going and doing you know, marathons. And you think about what sort of paces they're running. Um, I'll let you kind of speak to what sort of paces to expect the winners to come in through. Um, and what sort of paces do they run on their easy days, Jason? Yeah. So um, this year's course is quite challenging if you've been following the trials and all the hype and the talk. Um, you know, there it's it's quite the hilly course. So we, we may or may not see the fast times that we might see at like Chicago or whatnot. But um, and even back at LA a couple of years ago when Galen Rupp won, I think his time was like 2.09 in the, the, in the heat. So I'm guessing around 2.08 is usually kind of a good ballpark to be really competitive and you might be up towards the front. Um, and so that pace is basically about 4.52 per mile. Um, and, you know, I recently read a book about Scott Fobbles, who's an um, American um, marathoner training for the trials. And I think his PR is 2.09 at Boston. Um, so he is, you know, a contender, I would say. Um, he trains in Northern Arizona and the book's called Inside the Marathon. And it just gives a lot of perspective about the training that they're doing. And they, he literally lays out the plan from week to week and like how fast each run was, what the workouts were. Um, and the majority of his easy runs, they're at, you know, seven minute pace. Um, and for him, that's over two minutes per, yeah, about two minutes per mile slower. Um, some are even slower than that. Like if it's a complete recovery day, the day after a workout, he's running 730 pace. Um, so you know, a lot of his marathon pace work is at five, but a lot of his like workouts are at, you know, miles in the 440 range, 450 range. And so that's what a lot of the elites, you know, their training looks like, but the bulk of their mileage, you know, they're running, uh, you know, hundred miles a week, somewhere's up around 130. I know there's an ultra marathoner who's running the trials this year. He's considered the best ultra runner in the world. Um, uh, Jim Wamsley, I think his name is, he ran about 170 miles a week. Um, but I would say, uh, you know, a good range is that 90 to 110. I think that's where a ton of elites fall in their consistent training block um, as, as far as mileage goes. And, you know, 80 of those 100 miles are probably going to be pretty easy um, from week to week. Some weeks they may incorporate more longer um, marathon pace work in their long runs. But for the most part, you know, they're, they're sticking in those easy zones quite often so that they can really dial into those faster paces um, to get them ready for race day. Right. Yeah. And I think that's some really good information. And by no means are we suggesting that you should train like an elite, right? So their training is going to look a lot different. But what I think is really interesting about looking at what these elites do is that a lot of the principles are the same. So when I say principles, I'm talking about keeping your easy days easy, stressing the right zones during the hard days, making sure your workouts are specific to you, um, building mileage progressively, making sure, you know, you got that weekly long run. There's similar patterns. And so of course you're not going to be running 170 miles a week. You're not Mm -hmm. even going to be close to like 90 miles a week, which a lot of these people, you know, they're in that hundred mile per week zone. 
What we're saying is uh, there's some similarities within training, um, the principles, the groundwork, like that foundational piece. It, it's kind of like building a mansion and building, you know, a 800 foot rambler house. They're obviously a lot different, but a lot of it's the same, right? Like the structural components, someone who, you know, can create a training plan for an elite can probably create it for a beginner if they understand basic principles, right? So it's really important to understand, like, we're not training like elites. We're not going to have training plans that look like them, but we're taking some of those principles. So when we're, we look at one of the principles that we're talking about in this podcast is keeping that easy day easy. We say, do elites do that? We want to we see, you know, this is a core principle that all runners should follow, and yes, they are. So a lot of these guys, the, the top guys in the world, you know, they're running about five-minute pace for the marathon, um, you know, on a fast, flat course, whatever. Uh, that's, that's pretty quick, right? But then they're going to go on their easy days. A lot of their miles are going to be like the 7, 7.30, like you were saying. Um, and that's two to two and a half minutes per mile slower than their marathon pace. And, you know, even percentage-wise, that's a lot. That's a huge difference, you know. Five minute pace to seven thirty pace is like a lot slower than mm-hmm. someone going from ten minute pace to twelve minute pace. Right. Um, just the percentage of how much they're slowing down yeah. is a lot greater. So even if you did just say, okay, they slow down two and a half minutes per mile, I look at myself even for example, uh, you know, a lay person, just a competitive recreational runner. Um, I do not train like an elite, but if I apply this principle, okay, like two two and a half minutes per mile slower. I've ran a marathon at about 7.20 pace before, so you're adding on two, two and a half minutes. That's putting me at 7.10, or that's putting me at 10 minute per mile pace. And when I think about that, I'm like, whoa, like that's really like humbling and almost like really puts it in perspective. Like, okay, if this is what the super elites are doing and that's how slow like they are slowing down, um, maybe there is a little bit of truth there. Cause I don't run that slow. I'll tell you that, <laughs> you know, like, like I said, these principles are similar. So I am slowing down, but I don't run that much slower. And so that's kind of why, you know, we can't like compare apples and oranges and say, this is exactly what you should do based on what they're doing. Because then again, their workouts are like 20 mile progression yeah. run with like a six mile warm up and cool down. Like, I don't know what they do, but it's, it's not the same as what we're doing. Um, so our recovery doesn't have to be always as slow and plus like their marathon pace is basically like a version of like what you know some of the people listening like your half marathon pace would be just because it's taking them two hours and 10 minutes to run this so it's just it's a different zone than you know my marathon pace it it takes me over three hours and that it I can't physically you know sustain the same sort of effort as you can for two hours so anyways I think that's important to kind of look at what they're doing and then you know, if, if you're having trouble believing, just seeing what, you know, the elites in the, the sport are doing and how they train, um, it can often help you, you know, rationalize it, I guess, so to speak. Um, and that's, that's a big thing for a lot of people is they, they don't trust it, right? Like it, it doesn't even sound like it would work. Um, so I guess the biggest thing here is why do we not want to run too fast on our easy days, right? Like we're talking about why it's important, but like what will happen if you do? So I was just kind of thinking the opposite of that question is why um, is there such a thing as, um, or how do we ensure that we're going slow enough? And so thinking about the workouts, you know, that's really the the big thing is, um, are we able to come into the workout with the energy that we need to complete it? And are we recovering from the workouts? So in the day and two days prior or after the workout, um, 
how, do, how does your body feel? Are you ready to tackle the next one? Are you ready for your long run? Um, and if we're, if we're running too fast, the chances are we're, we're not going to be hitting the paces that we should or things are going to seem harder than they should. And I think for those of you that maybe keep like a training uh, diary or log, you know, a lot of times you maybe leave thoughts or jot down notes about like how you felt. And, um, you know, it's interesting to look at, you know, what not only what the workout was itself, but like what was your easy runs, what was your recovery runs, like what pace were they, all that stuff afterwards, um, you know, what was your nutrition like and all those other factors. But the big thing is it, it goes back to allowing your body a chance to, you know, increase the, you know, the physiology, the mitochondria cells in, in each muscle and then also the capillary production. And if we can really slow down, then that's going to maximize the amount of blood flow that can get to the muscles and, um, you know, ultimately make us a stronger runner in the long run. Yeah, I think a lot of that's really good information. And, you know, it's, it's a hard concept to buy into. You know, I, I've been there, you know, four years ago. Looking back kind of where I was at, you know, I knew I had to slow down on my easy days. Like that wasn't a problem. Um, I just think that I struggled to be in the correct zone. Um, I would tell myself like I was in better shape than I was, you know, like based on prior races I'd done like years prior. Um, But I got got caught in the trap of running just a little bit too fast than I needed to um, on my easy days. And that slowly worked its way into being... Um, you know, 20, 30 seconds per mile faster than what my designated easy pace should be, which isn't a huge deal. And it definitely still felt easy. And that's, that's the biggest, like, you know, devil in the room there, right? It's like running at marathon pace and threshold pace can feel easy. Like it can feel sustainable. And when you're doing just, you know, five, six, seven miles a day at, you know, your supposed easy pace, you can get away with running them too fast. And I think that's the biggest problem for people is then, they start struggling with their running and then they say, oh, I just can't hit my workouts. And it's like, well, why can't you hit your workouts, right? Or why are the paces on your workout slowing down? Um, and it usually boils down to, you know, what you're doing on the easy day and making sure you're, you're doing things correctly. Because four years ago, most of my easy runs were probably done at around 730 pace. And looking back at a lot of the workouts I was doing and even races I was doing, um, you know, I was, I think I did like a 10K around that time at like 640 pace. Um, so really only slowing down, not even a minute per mile than my 10 K pace, but that still felt easy for me. Um, and then I would say, well, in the past I've ran faster and like, I would always just bank it on like this one race I did one time, like three years prior. And so you can't do that. Um, you have to focus on where your fitness currently is at. And you know, if you have a bad race or a series of bad races, or you're just kind of in this new phase with your running where like you're not running the same times as you used to, you need to be honest with yourself. You need to plug in those times to the calculator and figure out where your real fitness is at. And I know that's a really hard to look in the mirror and be like, whoa, I got slower. Um, even if it's a little bit, you know, it was only for me like 20 seconds per mile slower in a race, but that was like enough where I didn't want to address it. And I would just, you know, kind of force the paces and eventually, um, it, it does, it's not something that happens overnight. Right. So it's something that it'll catch up with you 12 to 24 months later where you just be like, why am I not in shape? I'm, I'm working hard. I'm still doing all the things. Um, but it'll probably all come back to the same source of incorrect training somehow. Um, and usually, I can see a pattern that, you know, easy days um, were being ran too fast. And sometimes that's just a result of taking out workouts. Like maybe you used to work with a coach or you used to follow a training plan and you're doing all these workouts 
And then maybe you took, you know, three or two months off and you just kind of got in this habit of, well, I won't do any workouts, but I'll do like some of my easy runs a little bit faster. And then, and then you just kind of start flatlining. So it's really important to keep the polarization um, in check. And I think just sharing like my own personal example, I know it can sometimes help people because um, I was really stuck in a rut for a really long time. Um, and even when I got to the point where I was slowing down on my easy days, um, you know, I, I slowed down. I'm, I run like a minute per mile slower in my easy days than I used to. And I'm back to, you know, being faster than I was back then. And so I think another misconception is that as you get faster as a runner, that you're always, your easy pace is always getting faster because that's definitely not the case. I know a lot of people who, when they get faster, like their easy run even slows down. And so making sure your easy run isn't an indicator of fitness is huge. Um, so Jason, how do you measure fitness and what do you do? Like if you have an easy run where you're like, whoa, that was really slow. Like, do you ever like lose confidence when you see like how hard an easy run can be when you're going slow or how do you like stay mentally, you know, tough and being able to go slower on your easy days than you usually race? That's a good question. I think, um, you know, I've, I've learned never to read in too much to just want, they all come of one run or one workout and, and letting that derail, you know, my confidence about where I'm at. So, um, and that's for the you know, the pros and the cons. If I have a great killer workout and I crush it, like I'm not going to be like, oh, I'm guaranteed to run this time. Like, no, you still have to show up and compete. But, uh, and vice versa. So if I'm feeling like crap and I run, I don't have a good run, I'm not going to, I'm not going to be upset about it. Um, I just know that running is a, you know, it's a product of the consistency over time. And so I think, um, you know, how do I figure out what is the right zone for me based on my fitness? It's just, kind of trial and error with, with a few runs and workouts over the course of a week and figuring out like what feels right. It always kind of goes back to the level of exertion for me, but, um, yeah. And it, it, there could be factors too that affect, you know, why it was so slow. For example, if you, um, I don't know, maybe cause like sometimes I'll run with the team and I think we're going faster than we are. Um, but I'm, you know, we're, we're sticking together as a pack. So really I think that we're all just, um, helping each other just with with running together and getting lost in conversation. And so for the the faster people that kind of slow down and run with people that usually race slower than them, I think that they're, you know, they're not hitting the fast end of their, their easy pace zone. So we're kind of slowing back a bit. Um, and then the other factors could have to do with weather, wind, hills, all that sort of thing. You know, what you had for lunch, are you, you know, that's, and if you're hydrated enough. So I think that easy pace for me is going to change based on how I'm feeling, based on how many days removed I am from a workout or if I'm still feeling pretty, pretty fried from my recent workout. You know, it's funny I did. So I've been pretty consistent with doing workouts the last few weeks. Um, the one I did last week, I noticed it took me like three days to feel good again on my easy runs. Um, but the one I did two weeks ago, I was fine. Like even the next day I felt great. Um, so it's just interesting. I bet if I looked at my easy pace, you know, my average pace for those runs, um, I bet it was a bit faster on the two weeks ago because I felt fine. I, I didn't, I feel like I didn't really, um, you know, didn't exert as much energy in the workout. So I recovered faster. So my easy runs were probably closer to 720, 730 pace. But last week they were probably closer to 750 or eight because it was taking me longer to really recover. And so I think that that's fine too. You know, it's going to depend on from week to week, what you got going on in your life and the workouts that you been doing and, and where you're at in your training cycle uh, in regards to how close you're getting to your, you know, your next race. Right. I think that's really important, you know, to just understand each day is going to be different. And, 
you know, some people listening are like, I love my easy days. Maybe we lost them because we were kind of <laughs> acting like easy running is really hard. But, you know, some people listening, they love their easy days. They love to go slow, slower on their easy days. Um, and I know sometimes people worry about like potentially going too slow. And, you know, one instance that sticks out to me is three weeks out from Grandma's Marathon 2015, where I ran a 314 marathon. So I ran about like seven. 725 pace for 26.2 miles. Um, my mom had asked me to pace her in her first half marathon where she ran like a 240 something. I don't know. We were going about 1230 pace. Um, and that was going slow, but like it wasn't, it was definitely by no means a walking pace at all. Like it was still running. Um, and I know sometimes people will say, is it too slow? Like at what point is it too slow? Cause I think about, you know, how I did that three weeks out for my marathon. And I'm like, part of me when I finished my marathon that I feel like that actually benefited me. Cause I was out there for, you know, two and a half hours and I felt like it was still a quality run and my heart rate was like on 120 or something. So it's not like my heart rate wasn't getting up. And I know it sounds absolutely ridiculous to be like, yeah, I ran five minutes per mile slower than my marathon pace. But is there such thing as running too slow? How do you know if you're you're going too slow? And like, at what point are you like, all right, Victoria, that's that's too slow. I think when you're doing a run of that caliber, of that distance, you know, you're looking at what is the goal? And the goal is the time on your feet. Um, and the reason we're doing that is to put, you know, the, the level of stress that our bodies are going to encounter during the marathon on our muscles, tendons, joints, um, bones. So she did that as her workout three weeks prior, I think. Um, Yeah, she only ran 13 miles, but the length of time she was out there, I think it was like 245 or something. You know, if she were running on her own, she probably would ran like, I don't know, 18 miles, maybe 20, closer to 20. But the thing is, like, she still put the same amount of stress, I think, on her body because she was out there for the same length of time. So I think, um, I... Yeah, I don't think you can really go too slow. It just depends on what we're trying to get out of the workout. Now, if we're talking like, you know, prescribed paces that she's trying to hit at marathon pace, then, you know, if you're running a minute slower on those, then yeah. But they, you have to look at what the intended um, focus is of, of each workout. And if it's just an easy run, I don't really think that there's ever a way to go too slow. I think that um, there's a way to go maybe too long if you're out there, if you're going the same distance that you would have ran if you're running, you know, two minutes per mile faster, but never too slow. Yeah, I agree with you on that. I think, you know, it's very rare that someone go too slow. And and then I think, to you know, there are some examples in some cases where maybe perhaps you could go too slow. I'm thinking of, you know, your friend Matt Bowmeister. He's a two... 220 marathon or 222 whatever I don't know he's fast right like five something for you know 26.2 miles I don't know if his heart rate would get up high enough that he's actually getting an aerobic workout if he were to go you know 12 minute pace right I I think there there is a point where physiologically if you're in such good shape that like you have to run at least at a certain level because otherwise your heart rate and your body literally like is not getting up high enough. So I think just making sure your heart rate's at least like getting up to 120 or whatever. And that's going to vary from person to person. Um, but yeah, I, I think for me, you know, 
I'm definitely not the same caliber of athlete as him. Um, I was still able to get quality out of that, even though I was going, you know, five minutes per mile slower than marathon pace. Um, that being said, you know, you don't need to go that slow, right? But, you know, I think there is a time and place for, you know, allowing yourself that those days and that time to really have the recovery and the easy sessions. And it's just a great, great option to not stress because I know running can be like such a stress reliever for people. And I think it's really important, you know, if, if you're someone who loves to go really slow on your easy days or take it to the trails or whatever, don't like stress out about your paces. Just go off of effort and make sure you're just getting the recovery that you need mentally and physically um, for that next hard session. So I hope that this podcast was really beneficial for everyone. I think it kind of laid out what you should do for your easy pace, checking out that VDOT calculator, putting an upper speed limit on yourself, not relying too much on the technology like the heart rate and all that stuff, really getting in tune with your body and figuring out exactly what your easy pace should feel like out there. Um, that just lays a strong foundation to becoming the best possible runner you can be. We also kind of looked at some elite examples and and tried to figure out what sort of principles that they use in their training and translate that to um, our training as well. So if you have any questions or you want to try some training, um, a free seven-day trial is available. If you want to see what easy running can do and how you can polarize your training by keeping the easy days easy and making sure we're going hard on those hard days, you can visit our website at www.run for prs.co you can fill out the form there and then we can jump start our trial process so thanks for tuning in